0: So I decided to create a store called tits for pits. And my initial thought was sex workers could raise money to donate to a pit bull rescue. And it made sense to me because it's get it. It's like, show your tits, make some money for pits, tits for pits. And I made the website. You can actually see it, titsforpits.org. We have cute merch like pits over people, little dog tags that say like spoiled little bitch and cute stuff. And as far as right now, the proceedings go towards Jane Doe Rescue and also breast cancer in pit bulls, like research for breast cancer in pit bulls so it's up there it's still an idea floating about but tits for pits was going to be the merch store for jane doe rescue and this is what i love about creating businesses is because they can all umbrella each other and work together hey sluts i'm back your favorite bitch I'm skipping the intro this time. I was I was thinking about intro outro pizzazz before I recorded this. And it's like, why? Like you already know me. And if you're new to the show, you're not gonna pick this episode first. And if you do, hello dog lover. Welcome to the family. I'm your soul sister. Here's a pick. Oh. <laughs> Oh, my God. Where do I begin? Okay. When I was a little girl, I wanted to be a vet. It wasn't until I took my first guinea pig to the vet that I realized I don't want to be a vet because vets aren't the funnest places. You know, I'm not trying to open up animals and get all inside buttholes and whatever. So stopped wanting to be that and I decided I just wanted to be a pop star like Britney Spears or Christina Aguilera. Still do. But that. You know, when you think about who you were when a kid, that's like your most raw, authentic self. Like if you're struggling to figure out what truly makes you happy, what you're destined to be or do, think about what you enjoyed as a kid before society stroked you into what it told you what you needed to be. So there was always animals in my house, iguanas, angelfish, guinea pigs, cats dogs and it wasn't until my family became beautifully broken that we had our therapy dog Miss Sophie rest and pleasure and she literally helped keep me alive through that time she always listened to me not like she had a choice but we all love an animal like you know when you cry and they they come over to you like it's okay hug me Yet all my animals are like, get the fuck away from me, mom, what are you doing? So anyways, as I got older and realized the destructive way fucking terrible humans are and how animals don't have a voice for themselves, they literally are seen as property. And the amazing, beautiful souls I've rescued over the last decade have changed my entire life led me to this moment. Imagine like if you could do anything in this world to like save the planet or some like ginormous goal you could have where you had an infinite amount of money, nothing could stop you to do it, what would it be? I'll let you think about it. <laughs> well, mine would be saving animals. Like I save them all. Literally give me a castle on top of a beautiful mountain with a beach and a mountain view and give me hundreds of thousands of animals. Like I will be Jane of Arc. <laughs> so, you know, y- you know, in the back of your head, like that's never going to happen. Like you're not going to stop global warming or global hunger, whatever it is. And it wasn't until I met my dog trainer we obviously introduced two new shitheads to my family, my lovely turds of pitbulls. <laughs> I have 3 turds now. Um Sweet Indo passed away, Cinco de Mayo of gosh, was it 2020? Yeah, cuz that was the we- the year everything got all fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> 2020 never forget. Anyways, Cinco de Indo she turned into an angel. And she gave us her blessing to adopt Miss Sasha Gray um, a few months later and then led to Mr. Leonardo Cappuccino like January, February of this year. So anyways, amongst all those encounters through the years, my partner and I always just, I mean, even when we met, we always thought like, you know, when we're old, we'll, we'll have a little dog rescue, live on a farm. We all have those fantasies. Long story short, when Sasha came into the picture, she was crazy, <laughs> like a deep crazy, basically like me, but in dog form. So we started looking for trainers in the swamp lands of North Carolina we live in. So Bay went on Facebook, got some recommendations, and I was like, I don't want to be like that person that's like, I am a dog trainer. You know what I mean? Like, I have a, I have a cleaning lady, whatever. Like, I mm, can't do that. I mean, I can, but I don't want to tell people about it. So he gets all, this, all these recommendations for this lady who owns Ginger Snaps Pet Services. And at that point, I was really stressed out with work. And I was like, can you just handle it, please? Like, I don't care if she's a girl. Just, like, get with the program, have her come over let me do my day job and my night job. So anyways, they text a bunch back and forth. We end up meeting her at the warehouse. This was like, we all had masks on still and uh cute little ginger. And, and I mean, ginger and like a loving, endearing term of endearment. This beautiful bitch is from Alabama and she grew up like on horse farms. You could tell like she's a dog person. Like there's horse people, there's dog people, there's cat people. Like we all have our people. And we, she talked a lot about Sasha's temperaments. And just in that first session, we learned so much so quickly and any type of training, you can't just jump in the deep end. You have to do baby steps. And she introduced us to some tools to really rein her in. So, and so things were on the up and up, like huge progress. And Especially when we got Leo, who's also a fucking maniac. still love him. That's my baby. Anyway, she just made our lives easier. She'd come over and we wouldn't have to worry about the dogs for hours at a time. Her pricing is impeccably affordable. (laughs) Like the girl invoices me and I'm like, why doesn't everyone have a dog trainer? So after this episode, I'm actually going to go talk to her about raising her prices because – I think anyone who's so amazing at their job and has an overwhelming amount of clients in any industry, that's when it's time to raise old prices. Because then the people who value the most will stick around because they value every ounce of your worth. And I've talked to that to my estheticians, stylists, everybody. Um, people feel more humble about their pricing when it's something that they love. But when you reach a point when you're stressed out and overwhelmed with how many people and appointments you have, you can take off a few clients and make a few more dollars and really help your peace of mind. So anyways, that was just a side note. But met met her and of course me, I'm like, oh, I, I love a dog rescue. It'd be so much fun. And she was like, oh, are you serious? That's what I've always wanted to do. But you know, I'm in this part of my life and it, it's not attainable right now, but that's that's the goal. And I was like, oh, well, I have a warehouse and things are going good. Fuck. Like the only thing stopping me is not knowing what where the fuck I need to start when it comes to what? Permits, county approval, vets, etc. <laughs> like I didn't even know where to begin. And let me tell you, the next time I saw her, bitch had a binder, a pamphlet folders and uh so i still have the pamphlet in the house um still haven't gone over everything in depth but i was like holy shit like she's serious like this shit's inspiring me and I always had a name for the rescue, but I didn't want to overstep anyone's toes. But the more we talked and the more we talked about like a partnership or elaborating this rescue into more than just a rescue, like shit, we could we could do merch, we could do grooming, we could do training, we could do therapy dogs, we could have a, a coffee shop and a study lounge and get volunteers and hire – I was like, let's hire sex workers. Like let's let's bring – Um, like trans people in here, like let's invite the communities and allow them to just make this the best thing ever. So we just, we daydreamed for weeks, if not months. And I finally told her the name. I was nervous at first. I was like, don't take my name. But then we became good friends. I hope she agrees. (laughs) And uh, I said, okay, this is the name. Jane Doe Rescue. I chose Jane Doe because whenever there's like a, a missing person, sometimes like a missing dead body that they can't identify, like in crimes and stuff, it's usually like a John Doe or a Jane Doe. And I feel like with dogs, it's the same way because there's so many that are lost and abused and just missing, hurt, abandoned, found, you name it. And Miss Endo, who passed away, she was the first rescue we had that was really. <sighs> I, I can't even, like, say the story without crying, but beyond neglected, mange, no hair, tied to an abandoned gas station, scared shitless out of her mind, didn't know how to walk, didn't understand using the bathroom at an adult age. Endo taught me so much patience and love. I fucking love her. I'm sure all of you are thinking about you're for babies and maybe some can relate anyways. Oh my God. Let me, this is a happy story, but God, I love her so much. Um, in doe was our little baby doe. So Jane doe using that as something to honor her. How often and in so many ways can we honor the ones that mean the most to us? So we elaborated on this because Miss Ginger Snaps has a passion for creating a dog-friendly coffee bar where you can meet uh, dogs to possibly foster or adopt. And we were like, oh my God, it could be called Cup of Jane, Cup of Joe uh, Coffee. And it just, it kept going and going. Like we were thinking of names for like training boot camps and groomings, like playing off all these words. And I was like in my brain. I was like, "Ah, oh, shit!" No, actually, in the core of my being, in my root chakra, I said, "Okay, the manifesting has begun." <laughs> oh, don't you love that feeling? <laughs> it's like you know it's gonna happen, but no one else knows. Oh my goodness! Okay, what was the point of the show? Okay, Jane Doe Rescue. So. Long story short, Ginger Snaps started. She she's I think she's fostered dogs throughout her life. She has a whole bunch of dogs. She's crazy in the most amazing way. We're all crazy in a different way, but her like when she comes over and all the dogs start jumping on her, her pretty porcelain skin is like the contrast of the red scratches from my dogs and I'm like oh my god like it's so embarrassing and she's like no it's fine like these will fade away I'm used to it and I'm like oh my god you're crazy <laughs> but thank you for not making me feel like my dogs are freaking abusing your body so anyways she started rescuing more I start sharing them on my Instagram more She starts training the dogs more, and I realize how useful it is to help me with my work to not have the dogs distract me, which you you all know as entrepreneurs how much distractions are terrible. (laughs) And at the warehouse, I bring my dogs to work. Other people are bringing their dogs to work. But at the beginning, it was like, okay, I'm bringing Leo today. Don't bring this dog because they don't get along or I'm bringing this dog today. Don't bring that dog or like everyone having to let each other know which dogs they're bringing. And then I was like, wait, what if I have her train the dogs at the warehouse while we're working because A, they shouldn't piss everywhere. I mean, I don't blame them. It's like we have concrete floors. It's not the worst thing in the world. And she starts coming weekly to train and then she literally She's like a freaking magician. She gets all the dogs, all the employees' dogs to get along, like 99% of them. Things you wouldn't even think before because we've all tried to get them to get along and it's ended up in you know, them biting each other and really scary situations. So it's the best feeling to like bring your babies to work and they get to play with the other babies and get their energy out. And then when they come home, they're tired. Like it's great. So Every time she came in, we'd always spit around her ideas. And then I told her I was going to create a little merch store. I thought at least I can get the brand going until we get a facility and like do the long haul. But at least, you know, I already run stores and create merch. Like this would be a walk in the park, (laughs) a walk in the ballpark, piece of cake, whatever the fuck it is. So I decided to create a store called tits for pits. And my initial thought was sex workers could raise money to donate to a pit bull rescue. And it made sense to me because it's get it. It's like, show your tits, make some money for pits, tits for pits. And I made the website. You can actually see it tits for And We have cute merch like pits over people, little dog tags that say like spoiled little bitch and cute stuff. And as far as right now, the proceedings go towards Jane Doe Rescue and also breast cancer in pit bulls, like research for breast cancer in pit bulls. So see how that took me like three minutes to explain that? That right there shows you it was a bad business idea. It's not bad, it's just not great because a great business idea should only take 30 seconds to explain, if not 10, because the elevator pitch should only be 10 seconds. And if you don't know, if you have a business, you should be able to pitch it in 10 seconds if you're on an elevator and have it make sense to the person you're pitching it to. So it's up there. It's still an idea floating about, but Tits for Pits was going to be the merch store for Jane Doe Rescue. And this is what I love about creating businesses is because they can all umbrella each other and work together. Cup of Jane Coffee would be part of Jane Doe Rescue, and it would all work together under this beautiful nonprofit organization to generate income for the puppies. Because you can't realistically run a rescue, a shelter, anything without funds, whether it's funds from the government, donations. So how could we get this started without begging for donations from people who have no idea what we're doing and we have nothing to show for it? I even thought as far as, you know, we could showcase different OnlyFans models every month and on their page, if you subscribe to their OnlyFans, 10% of their earnings will go to Tits for Pits. And I thought this would be really cool if models got on board and everyone donated because OnlyFans is clearly making bank. And what's better than supporting, you know, someone's nudes and giving money to saving dogs? Maybe you guys think it's a better idea than I think. So feel free to email me. So I'm at my desk on Sunday. Today is Thursday. Oh, my God. It's only been that long. Ew, I just threw up a little bit. I'm always curious what my editor is going to leave in (laughs) because I'll say some shit. I'm like, I really don't give a fuck if she leaves that in. Uh, Anyways, okay, let's get back on track. Sunday. I had a bad day. I told my mans to drop me off at the warehouse so I could just live my best life alone as an introvert, regaining my fuel from the treacherous week ahead of me. He drops me off. I'm at my desk, furiously going through emails. And through the side of my little eye to the right, past the road, over the grass, through the lake, (laughs) I'm just kidding, frolicking amongst us are two beautifully furry husky dogs. My motherly goddess save the world instincts took over. I grabbed a leash in my left hand. I put a phone in my pocket in the right. I ran to the door. Mind that three of my dogs were actually in the front room with me, but I nonchalantly exited the building and I didn't run, but I took a brisk pace towards these dogs because I spotted a collar on one of them. I thought these belong to someone, they're out running the universe has graced their presence amongst me, they chose me. So I go across the street, I kneel down, and in my most loving mother voice, say, hey, baby, come here. Hey, honey, come here, baby. That's exactly how I talk to my dogs. And I think there's something about that Female energy that the universe knows. I was so lucky the white one responded immediately to it, which also made me realize okay, this is a house dog. It came right over to me and I just slipped that collar on so clean. (laughs) Yet the salt and pepper husky was still on the hop skip through the streams as it was lightly raining that day. So What do I do? I have one dog on a leash and I hop skip behind the other one, assuming it won't run too fast because I have the white one with me. We take a left turn down another street, do a quick U-turn past the stop sign. And now we are in the middle of a busy road, let alone no cars were coming. And I'm just behind this husky. We're at the same speed. I know if I pound my feet too loud, it's going to assume I'm running to chase him and it's going to get scared. Little did I know it was actually her or whatever she identifies as. And I start just gently skipping, and I made an executive decision to grab the tail and quickly grab the back of the neck fur to hook the leash to the collar it already had on and. God bless my soul it did not bite me. I don't know what took over me. I probably shouldn't have grabbed the tail, but luckily thinking this white dog was so nice, I assumed the other one would be too, and I had them leashed. So we happily and re- just oh the relief. I it was like hitting winning the lottery, hitting the jackpot. We walk back to the warehouse. I double loop the leashes around the poles outside. I walk back inside out of breath. My dogs are freaking out. I go into the kitchen area. I grab their dog food and a bowl of water. I go back outside through a side door so my dogs don't freak out. And oh my God, they must have not, I don't know how long they hadn't eaten, but they ate the whole bowl, all the water. And that feeling of, I don't know. It's just, it's something about life. Their path met mine. And we shook hands through the water bowl and food bowl. (laughs) So I immediately call my miss trainer, miss ginger snaps. And she's like, I'll be right over. And I put them inside the warehouse. We actually have a really large kennel, so I put them in there. They were totally cool, totally sweet. I take pictures of them. She comes by. We kind of analyze the dogs we um we call uh, animal control and let them know that we have these you know dogs were running around and we got them and the older salt and pepper dog had this collar on. It was the only one that had a collar and she was like, it looks like rusty. And we took it off. And oh my God, like, huskies are really furry. This dog had nothing but bare red, chapped skin under this collar. I could only think it had never had its collar off. And we start looking at its eye because, like, half of its face was swollen. And I don't know if it had cataracts or if it was half blind, but this poor baby was in rough shape. The hair by its ears was just not there. Like, I don't know if it was mange or old age, or it was just deteriorating. So we did a flea check. We pulled off about eight, gosh, um, at least six fleas out of their ears. Who knows how many there were after that day, things got very fuzzy, came into work Monday everyone in the office was like, Oh my God, Huskies. They're so pretty. Oh my God. Dogs. Ooh, pet me. (laughs) And it was great. And everyone was like, Ooh, warehouse dogs. Yes. And of course, Oh, I didn't even tell you about the white one. The, okay, hold on back up. The white one, the younger one was like, pristine princess, expensive, all white husky with light blue eyes. Like this was just so bizarre. Why are these huskies together? Do they belong together? Why is one look this way and the other one look that way? This is concerning. What's happening? I have no idea. So Monday comes, we have a meeting and I say, Hey, I love you guys. I know everyone in this building loves dogs. So this is the plan. Everyone's going to pitch in whether you like it or not. No, I'm just kidding. But seriously, please walk the dogs. Oh, and I came in Monday or everyone came in and there wasn't any pee or poop in the kennel. And we were like, okay, they're potty trained. Okay. They have a home, but why is one so neglected than the other? This doesn't make sense. So everyone's loving the dogs. We're all working. I am ferociously In mother mode. I am on Facebook. I am taking photo shoot pictures of these dogs. Like, we have them. Come get them. Here's what they look like. This is where we found them. I like every person who gave me a suggestion where to post um, those neighborhood websites. Um, I know Facebook is like all the groups are the jam for finding dogs. We talked to the mailman. We went to the vet. We got them scanned, no chips. No one recognized them. We started calling every neighborhood, telling the HOAs to send out emails in regards to to these dogs. We freaking went door-to-door in all the surrounding neighborhoods. The the trainer even let the dogs just pull her in any direction to see if they would take them home because she's crazy in an amazing way like that. (laughs) So... Tuesday comes, Wednesday comes, everyone's kind of stressing. Cause like, we're not getting any hits and we're starting to wonder like the temperaments of these dogs, you know, we'd take one out and the other one would cry. So it's like, okay, obviously they know each other. Cause they're getting anxiety when one leaves, you know, they're really pacey because they're Huskies, but you know, they were so great and calm on the leash. It, 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 a lot was going on. Um, they were getting a little bit food aggressive, so we fed them separately. That wasn't a big deal until I get a notification on Facebook. Someone comments on one of the million posts I posted saying, these dogs live off blank, blank road. So I immediately reply, oh, my God, message me. Oh, my God, call me. What? Let's get this shit together. So he PMs me, private messages me. (laughs) Now I know what that means. And he's like, okay, call me. I I don't want to write it here. And sketchy vibes, sketchy vibes. So I call him. He doesn't answer. I call him again. He answers. And I'm going to say this in a vaguer way with, because I would never want to expose his identity yet. I, this, (laughs) literally the, uh, okay, anyways let's say this in a peachy way. He basically says he knows someone who lives next to the owner of those dogs. He says that supposedly he has witnessed these dogs or the older dog with the messed up eye and the collar always being outside. He's never seen it inside, rarely sees it with a bowl of water or food in a, what do you say? A six by six crate gate situation. So we're like, fuck, we found these dogs. We're on day three or four and no one's come forward. If, if the owner was looking for them, they'd, they'd call the shelters, they'd call animal control. They'd look on Facebook. Right. And it's everywhere in this little town that, that we found them. And I'm like, shit, what do I do now? Like, And he was like, look, I don't want to get involved. Here's the street. I don't want to say the address, but you'll know who it is. I said, thanks. I really appreciate it. Like, I'll keep you out of this. Good to know. So I kept that little piece of information in my pocket and my gut felt like I I couldn't like my, my gut was like, "What, what do you, what do I do? How can I what am I supposed to do go on Facebook and like where's the owner where's the owner I halfway know who the owner is but I halfway know that he's neglected or abused these dogs who knows if he was breeding this mom maybe and he kept the the pretty white dog from the litter who knows It was a really sticky situation So talk to the trainer and we went through all the legalities We said, "Hey, let's give this owner some time to come forward." The pups are safe and secure here at the warehouse. Animal control, all the shelters know that we have this dog. So let's give it some time, see what more information we can get because we don't even know if that's true. And in every state, there's different laws about a grace period of when you find a lost dog because technically dogs are property. And after a certain amount of time, the owner surrenders the dog if they don't claim it. So I thought okay we'll keep it safe. Hopefully this guy comes forward. Maybe we can go with animal control over there or perhaps have him readopt the dogs through a shelter to kind of screen him if that's the case. We were trying to think of the best way to keep the best interests of the dogs but also abide the law. So we were like how what can we do to go by the book and keep these dogs as safe as we can by the law. So that's what we did. So came into work Wednesday, and the dogs, it was like night and day. It was like their skin was clearing up, their eyes were clearing up, their tails were wagging, their tongues were out, kissing everyone. And I thought, wow, like what a difference love makes for all beings. So I thought, what can we do today? I was thinking plan A, B, and C. Okay, so let's say this guy doesn't come forward and surrenders this dog. How about we reach out to husky rehabilitation groups, rescues, foster programs, just to see if they would take two dogs together? Because at this point, we really felt there's no way these dogs survive being hit by a car if one's half blind. And everyone was like, well, you know, the white one's probably the eyes for the older one. They have great noses. They're huskies. Like, they know how to travel fast. And. I I didn't know how much of a breed an, of an interesting breed these were until research, and it's difficult to foster certain breeds of dogs, and especially these two, not knowing where they came from, what if they had been abused or not. I, I thought worst case scenario, we're not just going to let someone take them or adopt them. Like I would much rather feel better of them going through a program to be more fit to eventually go to a loving home. So Wednesday, we spent the whole day calling every God, every rescue, every husky rescue, anything, you name it. And I can't tell you either. They didn't call us back. They didn't answer or they said they can't promise that they will be rehomed together. We went as far as all the surrounding states. And by Thursday, I didn't want to start calling states on the other side of the country. Yet I was willing to. But everyone was like, bitch, you're crazy. But I was like, "Hmm, you want to see crazy? (laughs) Hmm." So Wednesday afternoon, I take a break. I go home. I come back. And we were having like an employee meeting and the dogs were getting fed and they got into it again over this food aggression. They snapped at each other. Um, The little one, the white one, got her face, got bloody and It was just this moment where we all felt like, okay, this is a little overwhelming. We don't know how like aggressive these dogs are. They're really nice to us. But again, we don't know where they came from. It was just getting like a heightened sense of stress. And then it led into Thursday night where they totally destroyed the very strong and expensive like kennel style gate that we have in the warehouse. It's, it's huge. It's like 20 by 20 foot. So our cameras caught the motion. One of our colleagues came in, zip tied it together. But it was like, fuck, Like I don't want my people having to go in there at night. It, God, it just felt like such a burden and uh, I was just feeling really fucking sorry and apologetic, and everyone's like, "It's cool. We love the dogs. We got this." But how long do they stay in here? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. I just there's this terrible owner, and I don't know if he's gonna come forward, and I don't know where I'm gonna put them, and they need to stay together. <sighs> so Thursday morning comes around, which is today. Oh my god, today's Thursday. I was thinking all night what we could name them for the meantime, and we decided Thelma and Louise, because they're little runaway bitches that escape, little bad bitches. So Thelma was the older one, and Miss Louise was the little white one. And I was at my horseback riding lesson this morning, and my COO calls my assistant during my lesson. Apparently, the white one got out. It was gallivanting around in the swamplands, and after, like, getting in their cars and trying to get it, they finally got into an area, and one of the guys swooped it up and brought it back. So I get on my lesson, and my is like, everything's fine, but one of the dogs got out, but everything's fine. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, this is so stressful, like... At this point, we're getting all these messages from people on Facebook like, I'll take them, but are they good with kids and other dogs? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. This is crazy. So that struck a fire under me. I started getting a lot more aggressive on Facebook saying like, hey, we're still waiting for the owner to come forward and just really explaining This situation. Like, can anyone help us? We're trying to exhaust all our options for the well-being of these dogs. They're safe and comfortable, but we can't keep them here forever. So I had someone three hours away reach out. Perfect person, like high fence, fosters dogs, always has someone home, knows about Huskies. Yet they had another Husky and they were three hours away. That was the kicker. But um, they had a lot of experience and that was going to be like plan BC. Um, and then another lady reached out and was like, hey, can I just come meet the dog before I fill out an application? I also have a Husky willing to foster them both. And I, I was like, fuck it. Come on over. Help. Help. <laughs> Anyone to just help like with this situation because our kennel's broken, you know, like we need help keeping these dogs safe for the time being. And I don't even know if I referenced this, but the reason we didn't want to just drop them off at a shelter is because all the shelters here are kill shelters. If any dogs show any sign of aggression and after a two week period of aggression training, if they don't show any progress, they get euthanized, put down and seeing these dogs interact, not knowing where they came from and the food aggression they had, my biggest fear was dropping them at a rescue, them being terrified, getting aggressive over food, and and them being separated, one euthanized or both, um, knowing the white one would get a home immediately. They'd get separated, just all the worst thoughts, all the worst thoughts. So that's why we didn't just take them to a shelter. So. And being and remember, all the rescues would not take them both and promise to rehome them as a bonded duo. So after the lesson and after going by the warehouse, I go back home because I have a photo shoot at three. I have two hours to get ready. Like just the life of me is so difficult. <laughs> so get through this photo shoot. It's five o'clock. I'm like, okay, my P and I get ready to go meet this lady at the warehouse. We didn't know her daughter was coming or that a dog would be in her car with her, but there was. So she gets there. We did look at her Facebook profile and we saw that she's an advocate for giving spiritual advice to adult entertainers like jesus against Pornhub or something so we get to the warehouse and you guys know i have a glorious wall of dildos front and center when you come in behind the receptionist desk so we go in i'm like hide the dildos like turn around the paintings that have tits on them so we do that (laughs) and then she gets there we're like hi we're just a pg fulfillment center She comes in, and the dogs are perfect. They're angels. They're heavenly. They're giving them kisses, love, and within, God, a minute, little Louise, little Miss Thang, little princess Boo Boo walks around my desk and just growls at Thelma, and Miss Mama Big Girl Thelma decides to just rush Louise, barebacks or piggybacks right on top of her. Growling, aggressive, decides to just bite her ear, shake her freaking head. There's blood, and my PA grabs like an umbrella to try to like split them up because no one wants to put their hands in between. They'll freaking bite you. Who knows if they have like a sickness? Oh, my God. I started crying. Oh, my God. I was so embarrassed. Oh, my God. And that's the thing. Like, we couldn't even take them to the vet because technically they're still someone's property. And if you take a dog to the vet before they get surrendered through that waiting period, the owner could sue you. If, like, say we um, took Thelma to the vet and got her eye removed because she had a deadly infection. And then the owner got the dog and was like, I'm suing you for removing her eye. Like, that's how fucking crazy this shit is. <sighs> Deep <breaths. sighs> So somehow we separate the dogs with this goddamn umbrella. We get Thelma in the warehouse. Her spicy old ass is just howling. And then little Louise is like, oh, I didn't do anything. Yes, you did, bitch. You instigated it. So the, the mom and daughter are like hugging on her and they're like, it's okay. And my poor PA is like, thanks for coming. Like, obviously this isn't going to work. And they leave and I'm like, you know what? I'm really grateful this happened because we have exhausted our options trying to get them shelter as a pair, and no one will take them as a pair. Maybe this proves that we do need to separate them because we are not driving three hours away to introduce them to another person and have them do this all over again and actually hurt each other. Like, there's blood. Like, my foot got scratched. I mean, no big deal. Like, it could have been way worse. So, anyways. They leave. We put them in their kennel. It's half broken. God, whatever. It's anyways. We got the cameras on them. We're all good. We give them some food and water. We walk them and we're sitting in the office and my PA's is like, you know, here's the thing. In a perfect world, they get fostered out or adopted separately. But they're, then they're also separated, which sucks. Or B, we try to get in touch with that guy again who knew where the owner was. And we try to get them back to him. And then they're back in an abusive environment, but at least they're together and it's all they know. And we're running out of options. And, and we were like, you know what? Let's call him. So we call him, and we say the same thing. Like, we feel like we're playing God here. We're like, what would you do? And he's like, look, here's the road. I think it's this house, the, you know, the fifth one on the whatever, left, right. And we're like, thanks. We're we're just going to go do a intuition check. So we map ourselves four miles to this street. We go down it. And it's like lower class, upper, upper trailer park style, like not nice, but kind of nice. And we see the guy, same description. We see him in his backyard, like with his hose. And we're like, that's him. That's him. And I'm like, keep driving, keep driving. So we go down the street and then I see another guy mowing his lawn and I'm like, stop, stop, stop. Let, Let me talk to him. So we stop. I roll down my window, and I'm like, hey, and he, like, takes out his headphones, and I'm like, we found these two dogs. They're huskies. Do you know any huskies that live around here? And he's like, uh, huskies? Show him the picture on my phone. And he's like, oh, oh, that guy over there, he owns them. And we're like, mm-hmm. confirmation. So I look him in the eye, and I say, sir, are these dogs taken care of properly? <laughs> And <laughs> he smirked and said, well, I mean, I see him him walk the dogs and he's got kids. And that's all he really had to say for me to be like, oh, okay. You know, he's got kids. He walks the dogs. That's, you know, maybe this tip we got on Facebook isn't all that true. Like maybe that guy had a whole different agenda. Let's figure this out. I said, okay, thank you, sir. We appreciate it. We'll we'll go check up on him. So we turn around and my heart is Dumping. And I'm like, ooh, ooh. We're about to see what happens. Hopefully we get these dogs home. So we pull in his driveway. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Let me get my knife and my taser just in case. Shout out to bladesforbabes.com. Use code SLUT at (laughs) bladesforbabes.com. Oh my god, I am the worst. Okay, what happens next? So we get out the car, and I'm like, Stevie, you talk like I'm on the verge of like wanting to like I don't know what I'm gonna say I'm so riled up and we kind of walk up to him he we he catches our eyes and we're like hey and he puts his hose down he's like hi and he didn't you could tell he couldn't speak that good of English but we were like do you you have dogs he's like no and I there's a beware of dog sign on his fucking fence So I'm like, uh, huskies? And he's like, oh, huskies, uh-huh. So I'm like, uh, come here, can can you look at this photo? We found these huskies. So he comes out his fence. Note there's, like, kittens running everywhere, and I see chickens in the backyard, and tons of, like, shit, and, like, watery grass shit. It it was a little bizarre. But then I saw that six-by-six Frickin pell hole they must have been living in, and I'm like, Yeah, hey, like, here's the picture. Do you recognize him? And he looks at it, and like, you'd think if I showed you a picture of your dog, he'd be like, Oh, that's my baby. Not one emotion. He looks at it and goes, Hmm, mm-hmm. like, this motherfucker has no spine. Okay. So I look at him and I said, well, we found these dogs and they were in really bad condition. Um, do they live here? Like, is there something we can do to help? Like, low jab, motherfucker. And he was like, oh, oh. And then Stevie looked at him. We, we, had, we caught eyes and we were like, we know what's about it. We, mm-hmm. She looked at him and said, hey, do you need help with these dogs? Do you want us to help you? And he just looked at the floor and he was he was nodding. And I said, Hey, hey, it's okay. Would would you like us to find a home for these dogs? We can help you. We'll we'll get them in a really good home. A real good, fucking loving home. And he did look at me, picked up his his poor little chen and he, he nodded. He said, Yes, yes, okay. And Steve and I looked at each other. We knew he, he wasn't gonna say much more. He was definitely embarrassed. And I said, Okay, we will. Thank, thank you for, thank you for doing that. I promise you, they're going to be in really good hands. And I got back in the car, and I just, I just balled up like a baby because this emotion that's deep in me from the stress and the worry and the hopefulness. It all just melted deep and then just came out through my tears. And Stevie has kids, so she was in mama mode. (laughs) She's like, are you okay, sweetie? And I'm like, oh, I'm just relieved. I'm just relieved that the the truth has revealed itself. And we have been handed an opportunity to give these dogs grace. I said, you know what? We have a better chance now to foster them out separately. We have a better chance now for these rescues to help us because they they couldn't keep them as a bonded pair, which I don't still don't understand. And I said, you know what? Whatever life they're about to have is going to be a whole lot better and they they're each going to get full attention and full love and they're going to get rehabilitated. That's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. And we drove off and it was like Life is like a movie, you know. Here we are. We went through all these all these chess moves just to see a silver lining. you know you de- could you imagine is anyone listening that had to give up a kid or an animal because you just simply couldn't afford it or you just simply you know your landlord wouldn't let you or it 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 hurts someone I don't know. But you know how much strength it takes to aid, not like just not put the dog down to say, hey, I need help. I mean, yeah, he could have like given the dogs to better help, but damn for him to say, yeah, you know, I'm not going to sit here and just talk, let you guys talk me into taking these dogs back. And I I was a little bitter. I was happy. I got to kind of remind him like, hey, you let these heartbeats beat slower than they should have. Oh my god. That's just not fucking fair. God, it's not fucking fair. So, Jane Doe Rescue. <laughs> We've we are in the middle of having our first two fosters and with the help of Ginger Snaps, she also has had two fosters in the past 2 weeks. Let alone she's able to house them in her house cuz her dogs are under control. <laughs> I swear, there's like six dogs at her house. It's amazing. She sent me pictures of all the dogs in her bed, and I was just like, oh, heaven. <sighs> so it's crazy to think in a matter of months, we have a name. We have or have had nearly four fosters. We have an Amazon wish list with resources we're going to stack up for when the walls are up or to help the fosters in the time being. Our Venmo is at Jane Doe Rescue. We are happily accepting literally your dirty laundry. Like if you have any nasty used sheets or blankets, we can happily use them for these dogs who are strays that come in and just need some nice, warm, but not brand new (laughs) blankets. Anyways... It's happening. The last step is to finalize this as a true nonprofit organization, get the EIN number. And then we're able to write off these donations and everything we're putting into this, which will give back so much more. I would like to give so much credit, firstly, to my team, because I couldn't couldn't play all the parts to get here without them. My assistant for calling the hundreds of rescues, I was texting her in the middle of night, more places to call, more people to research, to the ones who walked the dogs every morning, who picked up shit, who gave them dirty mouth kisses, who chased them through the woods, who shook me and said, Hey, Anna, it's okay. We're on your side. Don't stress out too much. We got you. That's what family feels like. And anyone who wants to be a part of Jane Doe rescue will be family. Anyone who walks through the, the doors I'm manifesting of a, uh, Oh oh my God, I want all the kennels to be rainbow. I want little, like, what are those sheds you can get? Like those cute sheds with like two-story ones that are pink or something. You can have like House of Gryffindor dog training. Like I want people to come in to see these dogs and to feel so much love and not to feel sorrow. Every dog will be in a costume. They'll have an eight-count dance they know. Oh my God. The thought. Even if I lost everything but had a dog with me, like, I can still smile thinking of that. And I know that brings me pure joy. Thinking back when I was a kid and thinking about those moments that brought me pure joy. Thinking about when my family was broken and my dog was the only thing that sat there next to me when I just looked out my window and wanted to jump out. Dogs are, dogs are just... All animals, but in our state particularly, we have one of the highest rates of of stray dogs and dogs that don't have homes. Okay, how do I fucking end this episode? <laughs> so as of right now, as of Thursday, June 17th, Thelma and Louise are still in my custody. But I wrote a little caption on Instagram that I want to read you, that I want to leave you with. And then I'm going to go have a good cry, a good purge, get all this stagnant energy out, which is my process. Also, I learned in therapy when people, when you see someone cry, and if you're the person that's like, it's okay, don't cry. You're actually saying that because you're uncomfortable and it, and you're, like, inhibiting them from healing. so cut that out. Okay. Anyways, sorry. I have a lot to say. Thank you for listening. If you're still here, dog update. It's a hard decision to realize that you're incapable of providing a good home for your pet. Not many of us have the courage to admit it or do anything about it. The very owner I was angry with was the one that gave me peace that I longed for as heartbreaking as the stray dog's conditions were. And as angry as I felt towards him, There's a bittersweet ending and a new beginning for Thelma and Louise. And that is the silver lining. Thank you for listening. If you love dogs, go leave a five-star review. (laughs) I'll see you guys next week. Until then, I fucking love you.